God bless you. Let's turn tonight to the book of Hebrews, if you would. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Certainly appreciate the opportunity for us to be able to be gathered together again tonight. I understand you all had some wonderful meetings this last weekend. What do you think about Brother Josh Bennett? He's quite a preacher, ain't he? Amen. So I appreciate Brother Josh, and I appreciate his gift to preach. Some preachers are good preachers, and they know it. But Brother Josh is a good preacher, and he's so humble with it. I just love a man like that, where he just, he texts me, and he said, I think I've done the office job that ever was. And I'd already heard so many compliments and so many wonderful things. And he wasn't trying to be fake or false. That's just the way he looks at it. God can use a man like that, can he? Amen. Had some good meetings up at Brother Ron Spencer's, Brother Timothy and Brother Tim. Did an outstanding job, just really good. And so enjoyed being able to be there. And here we are tonight on Wednesday night. How many's got needs tonight? Wow, I'd figured there'd been more of you. I figured everybody had double hands up. Well, I'll raise both mine for you. Amen. But we know the Lord is so mindful of us, isn't he? So we come tonight to open our hearts to him and just see what he'll speak to us and see what he'll do for us. I believe he has some wonderful things in store for us. Hebrews 11.1, a very wonderful scripture. Most of you probably could quote it by heart. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen. So faith gives reality or substance to things that we hope for. Notice verse two. For by it, by what? Faith. By it, the elders obtained a good report. Through faith. Now watch Paul use a different word from verse 2 to verse 3. Verse 2, for by it, the elders obtained a good report. Verse 3, through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. Through faith? You mean faith and the Word is what frames the worlds. Well, whose faith was it? It was God's faith. So you mean God had to have Faith. Wow. So you see the term, the faith of God, shouldn't be an unusual thing to us. God believed his own word. God and you and I will believe his own word too. So notice how the worlds are framed. Through faith we understand that the worlds, not one, but plural. The worlds were framed by the word of God through faith. So God spoke it. Prophet said it might have been 800 years, might have been a million years before anything happened. But God believed it and it would happen. So that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it being dead, yet speaketh. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently 
seek him. I want to speak to you tonight on the sixth sense. The sixth sense. I may love to be remembered as we pray. God bless you. Let's join together in faith now. Heavenly Fathers, we have our heads bowed to the dust of the earth from whence we were taken. We've come once again tonight, Lord, that we might worship, fellowship. We might clap our hands, sing. We might hear the word, that we might preach the word, that we might say amen to the word. Father, we have come here because we're a needy people. But we've not only just come for our needs, but we believe you have a need to be worshiped. And you have a need to be believed. You are looking for someone who will believe you. You're looking for someone who will trust you. I will be one of those tonight, Father. You're looking for people who will worship you when they feel absolutely nothing. They will trust you when they feel no different because they simply take you at your word. You see our needs tonight, Father. Would you speak to us your word in the name of the Lord Jesus? And the saints said, Amen. God bless you. Turn around and tell somebody, for you're seated. Glad to see you in the house of God tonight. Now you can take your seats. God bless you. <clears throat> so what is faith? What is faith? Now we know there's two kinds of it. There's a supernatural faith and there's intellectual faith. There's an element of the promises of God and things that we'll get from God that will only come by us taking our human faith and appropriating that faith and believing what God said and God will honor that faith. And we know the prophet told us the right mental attitude toward any promise of God will bring it to pass. But then we also know there's times our faith just won't do it. Our faith will never be enough to be able to do what we need. And the Lord understands that, so he gives us his faith. Now, I've got to be honest. I wish that every time I'm in a very difficult spot, the Lord would let me have his faith right off. It'd be a lot easier for all of us, would it not? But he doesn't do that. Many times he waits till our faith runs out as he waits till our strength runs out, as he waits till sometimes our human understanding and many other things runs out, and then he will step in because he knows if he stepped in as soon as we got into a little bit of a trial, we'd be more lazy than what we are already. And a lot of us are pretty lazy to begin with. So God will wait until our faith reaches its end. He waited till Abraham's strength had totally run out. Abraham could father an Ishmael. They're still dealing with that trouble today. But God had to wait till Abraham's strength and everything else about him was totally wiped out. And when that happened, then God intervened and proved it was by his strength that Isaac would be born. I'm convinced every one of us probably here tonight have produced Ishmael's in our life and you may be still dealing with that after effect. And God will allow us to run to our strength's end before our Isaac will be produced. Now, but let me read you a couple of things here about what real revelatory faith actually is. What is faith? I know anyone's the end time. Faith is something that's revealed to you that is not yet. That's notice it's revealed to you, but it's not yet, but you believe it will be. Faith is a revelation 
of the will of God. Now, for instance, there's many people who believe that God is a healer and they have a real need in their body or maybe in their home, somebody in their family has got a real need and they believe that God can, but they don't have the revelation that God will. Now, do they have faith? They do. They have an element of faith that God can do it. Maybe they heard that God could do it. Well, as I was sitting in the hospital room today and some people come in to talk to Erica and they was telling her, Lance, myself, and Erica was there, and they went through all the different things that they was thinking about and this and that and the other. And Lance said, well, you know, we'll have to pray about this. Well, as soon as Lance said pray about it, then this woman totally changed. And she started talking about the Lord. I'm sure they had to be real careful, you know, what they say nowadays. So she started talking about the Lord and how that God can move. And she said, let me tell you right now, we believe that God can perform miracles. We have seen him. And she said, our church is having a revival. And she said, I go to a certain, certain Baptist church. And I thought, whoa, you mean to tell me? that God can perform miracles in a Baptist church? Now, you're this woman has been in the medical field for years and years and yet believed in miracles and said she had seen them. And she wasn't a message believer, but she was a Baptist believer. Now, for those of you who think God is only moving in bride churches, you need to open up your understanding a little bit. This is why the only identification of a believer is not miracles. Well, praise the Lord. Two or three different nurses since Erica's been in the hospital. Oh, yes, the Lord can do this and the Lord can do that. Bobbed hair, makeup, wearing pants, the whole nine yards, as would say. So don't get in your mind that miracles are only happening in message churches. The Lord God loves humanity so much. He will heal some people knowing they will never serve him. Brother Ron Spencer told me the other day one of the greatest profound miracles he'd ever seen in his own ministry happened to a person that never served God, never gave their heart to God, given just a few hours to live, and the Spirit of God moved for him and brought him out of the hospital the very next day. They've never even gave one day to Jesus Christ since then. So don't get in your mind that it's bride only. You see, God loves humanity and he wants them to be healed, wants them to be saved. But when we're talking about now trying people and God being able to trust people, that's not your average Joe out here. That's not everybody that goes to church. But God wants to be able to try his bride like nobody else. Now, watch how the prophet deals with this again and works as faith expressed. Now, faith is a revelation from God. Faith is a revelation. Now, there's why I want to stay there just a moment. It's a revelation. He has revealed to you by his grace, it's nothing you did. Now, listen about your faith, how great it is. You didn't work yourself up into faith. You never have faith. Well, glory. You never have faith. It's given to you by the grace of God. 
God reveals it to you, therefore faith is a revelation and the whole church of God is built upon the revelation. And the church said, so whenever you and I are in need, now get in mind, it's not just about healing. We don't need revelation just for healing only. But maybe you're having family problems. Maybe you're having marriage problems. You need a revelation about the will of God for your family. A revelation about the will of God for your marriage. Did God put you and your wife together? Did God put you and your husband together? then you need a revelation that if God puts you together, God wants you to stay together. God don't want you arguing and fussing and fighting. God wants you to be able to love one another, forgive one another, and be what he intended for your marriage to be. And somebody said, Amen. well, I was just know somebody's gonna say, oh, me about that. But it's not just about divine healing. Faith involves way more than divine healing. As a matter of fact, we're gonna need faith for a rapture. Listen to this, rapture message. Now it is a revelation, for the revelation is faith. You cannot have a revelation without it being faith. Faith is a revelation because it's something that's revealed to you. Now, God might drop in your heart tonight that you are gonna be healed of a certain, certain thing. Your husband may not know it. Your daddy may not know it. Your mama may not know it. And it's not real to them yet, but it's real to you. And everybody else may say, honey, we believe it with you and we're standing there by you. And yes, amen, that's the word of God. But even if your husband said, now wait a minute, darling, don't you think you're getting a little bit religious now? Don't you think you're bringing a little bit of reproach? If your mama didn't believe it, your husband didn't believe it, your wife didn't believe it, it wouldn't make no difference to you because God has made it known to you. And it is so real. If no one else believes it but you, you and God are the majority. Now, when it is a revelation, Satan cannot talk you out of it. Let's resume again now in Hebrews eleven seven. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by which he condemned the world and became the heir of righteousness, which is by faith. By faith, Abraham, when he was called out to go into a place which he should receive for an inheritance, notice, obeyed, and he went out not knowing whither he went. Notice the commonality among all of these people. They didn't know where they were going. They didn't know exactly what it all held. They did not know all the particulars. They didn't know the battles, the tests, and the trials that laid before them, but all they knew was God had showed them something. You see, when God makes it known to us, he doesn't always show us all the way to the end and every trial and every step of the way. We're on a journey, how many believes that? You know, there's stages in this journey that you may go days, oh my, and weeks and months, and there'll be one victory after another after another, and then sometimes God will spin it around on you, and you don't hear no good news forever. It's one bad news, one bad report, one bad this or that or the other, and it may seem like it's getting worse. You're praying for your son or your daughter, and it seems like they're getting meaner and meaner. Keep right on praying for them. 
That's a good sign. God's heard your prayer and the devil knows the answer is on the way. So he's trying to discourage you to talk you into giving up and giving in because he knows his days are numbered. And somebody said, amen. amen. Now watch what God did. Now, by faith, he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. Verse 11, through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Is anybody here tonight like Sarah? How many judges God faithful of what he said in his word? Now, yesterday I was down in the basement at the house and I was listening to a tape and talking to the Lord and praying and oh my, I was just having myself a time down there, me and the Lord. And I was listening to Brother Branham as he was preaching and talking about some great events that had happened in his life. And all of a sudden while I was there in the basement, assumingly by myself, and the presence of God come there where I was. And I heard the voice of God say these words. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? And I answered back and said, no, sir. There is nothing too hard for you. Now, read with me in Genesis 18, 13. And the Lord said unto Abraham, wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, shall I have a surety bear a child which am old? Notice now, God is the one who said this to Abraham. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed, I will return unto thee, according to the time of life, and Sarah, Sarah is gonna have a son. Now remember, God did not, he absolutely did not break his covenant because of that, but God asked Abraham this question. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? So whatever you're dealing with tonight, do you honestly believe whatever it is that it's too big for God? Is there anybody here tonight that's got a problem that in reality you feel like that problem is too big for God? Is cancer too big for God to heal? Is, is a wayward son or a wayward daughter too far gone that God by his grace cannot reach down to them? If you've got a, a terrible, terrible thing going on in your home or in your finances, whatever it is, is that bigger than our God? Is any sickness, any disease, any heartache, any anxiety, uh, your depression tonight, oh, you say it's so dark and it's so deep, but is it bigger than God? Is somebody gonna preach to me tonight? Is there anything too hard for the Lord? Is there anything that you and I are facing in this hour that's too big for our God that he cannot move? You're at liberty right now to stand and point it out to me, but I warn you before you do, I will answer you back and say, there is nothing too hard for my God. There is nothing too great that our God cannot move. I don't care how sick you are, how much in debt you are, how sad you may be, our God.
God is the very source of healing and deliverance and happiness and peace. And there is nothing greater than our God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hebrews 11:32. and what shall I more say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and of Jephthah, of David also and Samuel and the prophets. Notice what happened through faith. Who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? Abraham's body was dead. Is that too hard for God? Answer me. Sarah's womb was dead. Was that too hard for God? Her her heart could not be able to support giving birth to a baby. Was that too hard for God? Her womb was dried up. Was that too hard for God? It seemed like the world was in such darkness and chaos. But was it too hard that God could not come down and take on the form of a baby and go to a cross and die and raise himself up from the grave? Could the Roman seal be too hard for Jesus to not break through? Come on, somebody. Could Lazarus be so dead that he he could not call his voice. Amen. Could not the blind man in Matthew, could blindness keep him from seeing? Could, hallelujah, blind Bartimaeus by the walls of Jericho, was he too blind for Jesus to heal him? Answer me, somebody. Were you too lost that he could not save you? Were you too sick that he could not heal you? Were you too bound that he could not deliver you? Is there anything too hard for the Lord? Oh, glory. Women received their dead raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. Others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover, of bonds and imprisonment. How did they overcome it? By faith and the promised word. Think they didn't even have a Bible. You understand, man, these people didn't even have a Bible to read. They did not have a Bible. Abraham did not have a Bible that he could turn over there when he would get down and weary and discouraged and open up and say, well, that, that's the word of God. I, I know my name is right there in the promise. He didn't even have a Bible. Isaac never had a Bible. Jacob never had a Bible. They did not have a Bible for hundreds and hundreds of years, but they took God at his word. How could they do it? It was revealed to them. Notice this in Romans chapter four, verse 19. Now the prophet said whenever he got discouraged, he read Romans four. If you haven't tried that, it's a real good antidote for depression. (laughs) Whenever you feel like you can't make it. Notice Romans 4, 19, speaking about Abraham. And being not weak in faith, he considered not. He considered not paid no attention to the physical obstacles which were in his way or Sarah's way. 
He didn't even consider. Now, doubt was that every day. Every day he was getting up. He had his, oh, oh my, these aches and pains and this and that and the other. Well, he just said, well, that, that's all right. That's no problem with God. It'll be a greater miracle tomorrow than it was today because I know I'm one day older. Sarah's one day older. I don't even consider it. Glory to God, we're gonna have that baby in hell. Well, you realize, friend, a person with this type of faith is an absolute idiot to the eyes of the world. What's really sad? That is, this a person with this type of faith is almost like that in some of the message churches. Because they think you're crazy. Oh my, you're bringing reproach. No, you're not. You're giving witness to the word of God. Amen. Notice being not weak in faith. He considered not. He didn't even look at it. He paid absolutely no attention. You imagine how hard that would be getting up, your lumbago's bothering you in the morning and your feet's hurting you and your back is hurting and this and that and the other certain said, I don't even consider it. That's fine, it ain't no problem at all. Ain't nothing too big for my God because God was the one who told him that. So he said, there ain't nothing bigger than that. So he said, oh Lord, oh Lord, my back's killing me. My lumbago, my arthritis, I've got this and that. And they said, sir, shut up. Don't you even talk about it. We're healed. We're young. We're young man and wrong young woman. Abraham, are you out of your mind? Are you crazy, man? I went down there to the dollar store and I bought a bunch of diapers. I bought some pins. I bought some booties. I bought everything in blue because I know it's going to be a boy. So we're going to have a son. Sarah said, well, Sarah said, I can't even hardly get out of bed. What in the world are you talking about? Abraham, what have you been drinking, son? You've been down to the drugstore. You found somebody's pill bottle along the way. He said, no, but I met Almighty God. And he told me, is there anything too hard for the Lord? So I'm asking you tonight, as God asked me yesterday, is there anything too hard for the Lord? Is there anything you're facing tonight too hard for the Lord? <laughs> Being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body, now dead. Now dead. When he was about 100 years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He wouldn't even consider it. And we claim to be his children. We get prayed for him, boy, if we don't feel lightning bolts and thunderbolts and everything else, our shoes knocked off of our feet, my, if the tingling and everything else don't run over, well, I didn't feel nothing. I didn't feel nothing. I don't guess I'm no better. You show me one scripture in the word of God where Jesus said, when you're prayed for, you'll feel it and I'll eat the whole book. He never, never said that one time. As a matter of fact, you ain't got a feeling one or a sense that will even declare faith. You can't feel faith. You can't taste it. You can't smell it. You ain't got one sense in your body that will declare faith. Well, I quoted it to you, and I'll read it to you in a few minutes, and then maybe you'll say amen. <laughs> Notice this. So he said, Sal, don't you even talk about it. Okay, Abraham, whatever you say. Poor old guy, he's crazy. You know how we do, we get it. Well, how you doing? Then we get behind the back. Yeah, I'll tell you one thing. I don't know what in the world about him. Everybody keep your eye on Abraham, poor old fella. I believe his Alzheimer's is kicking in. His dementia's acting up a little bit. He's told me not to say I was old. Poor fellow, look at him. He just barely get around. Glory to God. Careful, careful. You'll fall and break every bone in your body. Hallelujah, Sarah. 
glory to God. We're going to have that baby. Yeah, right. Amen. Sure. Amen. Abraham, just go along with him. Just go along with him, poor fellow. He won't last much longer. Really? You okay, sir? Yeah, glory to God. Amen. We're going to have that baby. Amen. We're going to have it. Amen. That's the way some of your family would do you. Yeah, glory to God. You're here. Y'all pull saying, just go along with them, you know. They say, that's the way you have to do with people like that. No, people like us don't even care if you don't go along with us. You don't want to go along, that's up to you, but we're going along anyhow. I'd rather take God at his word than believe that or lie the devil. Notice in verse 20, he staggered not. And the word staggered is properly made to use of your own judgment and reason and discerning things by what sort they are. So staggering is that you look at it and you use your own reason and your own ability and you try to figure it out in your mind. Now this just makes perfect sense. There's no way God is gonna give an old man, 100 years old, and his wife old too, 90, and they're gonna have a baby. Well, if God was gonna do anything, he'd do it sensible. He'd get an 18-year-old boy and about an 18-year-old girl, something like that, and give them a child. No, he wouldn't. God picked a 100-year-old man and a 90-year-old woman. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong. Lord God, I hope God can say this about me. He was strong in faith, giving glory to God. So he didn't sit around, oh me, wowsy, wowsy, woo. Well, I believed God for about 45 minutes yesterday. It didn't come. I give God the quarter after 10. And he told me about 9.40 or something like that. And I gave him the quarter after 10. And if it didn't come, I just said, well, I guess it ain't gonna come. Well, it may not come today, but it might come tomorrow. And if it don't come tomorrow, if I should, I'll be looking for it the next day. Tell me what other option do we have? Tell me somebody. What other, oh, oh you say medical science, baloney. Medical science, oh, they run out to their end. Politics has run to its end. World government has run to its end. We only have one real hope, and that's the Lord Jesus. Notice verse 21, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. And the church said, Amen. now let's look at this substance faith. See, taste, feel, smell, hear, is, all, is that right? Then five senses control the entire human body. Is that true? Then taste, feel, smell, and hear. Now, there's none of them that declare faith. But why is it that we want to tie feelings to faith? Oh, glory to God, I feel faith. I, I feel it, I feel it. If you believe the message, You know, that's not true. (laughs) Now, you know me well enough to know I wouldn't make that statement if I didn't have it in front of me. And that's why sometimes people are defeated because they say, I didn't feel anything. I didn't feel nothing, Brother Donnie prayed for me and somebody else shouted and they passed out in the spirit and they fell out. Did that mean they got healed? It does not. I've seen people shout across the platform and totally miss their healing. 
because they got so emotional and so tied up in the emotion and others walk right through and just as dry as an old dead tater and lay right there and say, well, glory to God, I take God at his word and walk right out for they're healed instantly by the power of God. Never shouted, never jumped, never shouted. No, we're not against that. We believe in that. But feeling is no sign that you're healed. Jumping is no sign that you're delivered. Come on, somebody. You believe God and take God at his word. That's the sixth sense. I said faith is the only direct and positive sense. It's the sixth sense. Faith is more than sight. Faith is more than feeling. But do we believe that? Faith is more than feeling. You do not feel faith. You do not feel faith. But isn't it amazing if we don't feel something, then we think we didn't have faith. No, you're measuring, you're trying to measure the super sense by one of the five. You're trying to measure the phenomenal super sense by one of the five. I didn't feel anything. I didn't see anything. I didn't taste anything. Somebody told me when they got prayed for, oil ran out of their hands and water ran out of their hands and they just felt a chill from the top of their head go all over their body. Oh, glory to God, I felt faith. No, you're measuring it by the wrong sense. Well, glory, maybe I need to start a new series. Watch this. Faith is the only direct and positive sense. It's the sixth sense. Faith is more than sight. Faith is more than feeling. You do not feel faith. You don't taste faith. You don't smell faith. You don't see faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Again, he says, God put man in five senses to contact his earthly home. You don't contact God with your five senses. You know God by faith, which is the sixth sense. On down and later in this paragraph. Well, you see, I don't feel any different. You're not supposed to feel any different. Now, friends, I want you to look at what we've done. If we're not careful, we're going the exact opposite of what the prophet messenger told us. And then if we don't feel something, oh, I didn't get nothing, I didn't get nothing, you go right back to the prayer line again and again and again. Well, what am I waiting for? What am I waiting for? God to make a better promise? How can God make a better promise? What, what are many people looking for? A feeling, a sensation. Boy, they feel it. Oh, glory to God, I know I got it now. So you're judging the supernatural by a feeling which can lie to you. Do you know the super sense can never lie? How many's ever had your feelings to lie? You ever see these drawings and diagrams and things where it'll be certain words or certain pictures and you'll look at it and somebody say, you see this and this and you say, no. And they say, well, turn it this way and look at that and you say, oh my goodness. Somebody showed me one the other day. It was a picture of two girls. And the way you look at one, one was looking one way and one was looking the other. And you look right at it, depending on how you look at it. And the image is so clear once you see it. And I held it up to somebody else and said, you see it? I said, no, I don't see it. I don't see it. 
so their sight was not being true to them. But it had been revealed to me that there was another image in the photo and whenever I turned it around and pointed it out, then they saw it. Don't you understand that cloud that appeared out there in Arizona in 1963? Don't you understand who that was? Oh, they may look at it in the science magazine and call it this and that and the other and it wasn't until 1965 that the prophet held it up before the audience at Branham Tabernacle and turned it to the right held it up like this, and then turned it to the right, and whenever he looked, he said, who was it? Christ in all of his glory. The scientists looked at it, preachers looked at it, Brother Branham even looked at it himself, but until God revealed it to him, he didn't see who it was. But now you and I, every time we look at it, we know who it is. So what? Our sight then could lie to us. Our feelings can lie to us. Praise the Lord. Notice this in El Shaddai. We've had too much of this here high-pressured, latter-day divine healing campaigns. Exactly right. People saying, I got it in the hand. I feel it, feel it. You feel it. No, you don't feel it. You might feel your hand, but that's all you feel. <laughs> that's right. Jesus never did say, did you feel it? He said, did you believe it? Not did you feel it, do you believe? Faith is not feeling. Faith is something that you don't feel. Oh my goodness. You have no senses that will declare it. Only that sixth sense that faith knows it. You don't feel, taste, smell, or hear it. But you know it. So you don't touch it, you don't taste it, you don't hear it, you don't smell it, but you know it. And it's more real than your sight. It's more real than your feelings. Glory to God. Notice this, the sixth sense belongs only to the Christian. You cannot have this sixth sense until you become a Christian. Wow, okay. So you cannot have the sixth sense until you become a Christian. Notice again, same sermon in Jeffersonville, but when the five senses act contrary to the word of God, then they are lying. How many has had your senses to lie to you? How many felt like somebody had something against you? And boy, you just, you just know they, and you know they did, and you thought, I'm gonna go to him, or I'm gonna go to her, and I'm gonna ask them about it, and you go to them and say, well, Lord, have mercy, brother, sister, goodness, no. I don't want what you're talking about. I don't have nothing against you. I love you with all my heart. And you know what we'll do many times? We'll still believe our, our senses and our feelings and our sight over the word of a consecrated Christian. Why? Because our feelings, our sight, our emotions, whatever more, has convinced us that person's got something against us. And they'll stand right there and say, well, brother, I don't have nothing against you at all. I've always loved you, and I thank God for you and all that. And you say, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Don't believe it. You know what? How many times have we been deceived? And the devil's learned how dependent we are on our senses and on our feelings and all of that. And he'll lie to us. Oh, my goodness. And what better person to lie or to use to lie than yourself because most of us will believe us over anybody else I just feel like brother Rob don't like me brother Rob I'm going to pick on you I know you got broad shoulders I've, I've just been noticing when I get around brother Rob 
I go to feeling funny. Maybe you wore the wrong shoes to church. Maybe you got an evil spirit on you. Oh, I, I, I feel, I feel, I feel. Your feelings will lie to you. Well, I wish somebody preached to me. Don't worry if we don't get done tonight. We'll come back tomorrow night and have church again. Well, at least 20 of you will be back anyway. We'll see the rest of you on Sunday. <laughs> when the five senses act contrary to the word of God, then they are lying. Now the sixth sense cannot lie. Wow. So the sixth sense cannot, never, never has, never will lie. Praise God. It's a super sense. And the super sense is the Holy Spirit. The faith of God that dwells in you. And if you let the five senses be yielded to the sixth sense, it'll guide you and bring all the other five senses under control. So it don't mean that we eradicate feeling. It don't mean we eradicate sight and taste and smell. But what we do is we run all of them through the super sense. So if you're running your faith through the super sense and then God gives you a good feeling, well, glory to God, hallelujah, praise the Lord, I know it's so, but you know it not from the feeling, you know it from the super sense itself. And then the feeling is just a little cream on top. And you say, hallelujah, I believe God, but without this feeling, I still believe him. Without any emotion, I still believe you. But when you're controlled right, then God can pour out a lot of feeling on top of you because he knows feeling is not your absolute. Feeling is just a blessing. Oh, I love that, don't you? The devil can get into these five senses. Lord have mercy. And lie to you. But listen to this but he cannot touch that super sense. Don't you see, friends, how Christians get so mixed up on things? It never ceases to amaze me how many Christians feel led to do this and do that and do the other. And as a pastor, you show them the scripture. You'll show them the message and say, look, the Spirit of God would never lead you to break this word, you know, break this scripture, break all of this. But I feel led. I feel led. You see what's happened? The devil has got into their senses and lied to them. And they are totally convinced it's God. But yet it's totally contrary to the word. But it's so real because the devil has got in to their senses and their feelings and their emotions and whatever more. And they won't check it by the word. Look, the spirit of God is never afraid of the word. If the Lord is leading you, then don't be afraid of scripture. Don't be afraid of the message of the hour. If it's the Holy Ghost, it'll only punctuate scripture and punctuate the message of the hour. If, if, if that spirit leading you will not receive scripture and the message, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, it's a devil. Amen. Amen. Notice this, but he cannot touch that super sense. It's far beyond his reach. So he reaches and he reaches. He just can't get it. That come from God, it's called faith. Whew. 
us again in the super sense. If you haven't listened to this in a while, you ought to listen to it, Lord, and I'm gonna listen to it again tomorrow. The five senses does not control the sixth sense, but the sixth sense controls the five senses. The super sense controls the natural senses. And the five senses, see, taste, feel, smell, hear. And the super sense is something that'll make you believe God's word, for that's the only thing it'll speak about. So notice then the super sense does not just, well, I think and I believe and I feel and I had a dream. Dreams are good, visions are good, but many folks have had dreams and been totally contrary to the word of God. People have had visions and been totally contrary to the word of God. Come on, somebody say amen. But the super sense can never leave God's word. Why? It is God. Notice you walk by the sixth sense. You talk by the sixth sense. You live by the sixth sense. You die by the sixth sense, amen. And you raise by the sixth sense, hallelujah. That super sense, something that's in you that's different from what the natural man is. The sixth sense has come upon the human being to make them deny anything that's contrary to the word of God. Listen now what it'll do. Any symptom. Any symptom that's contrary to God's promise, the sixth sense says. It isn't there. So how are you going to deny migraine? How will a sixth sense of someone with terrible, horrific pain, but the sixth sense will say, it's not there. Now, y'all, I know what some of y'all are thinking. You're saying we're getting into nut house category. No, actually, we're giving into seventh seal, third pull, rapturing bride category. I don't know about you. Maybe you like this world. Maybe you like being here with all these bunch of, all that's out here. I want to get out of here myself. It's going to take a rapturing message to get us out of here. Just preaching the Bible stories over and over and over and over again, the same ones that's been preached for a thousand years. If preaching those Bible stories that have produced a rapture, we should have already had one. But we've got to have a rapturing message to produce rapturing faith. That's why God sent us the seventh angel. Now, come on, somebody, say amen. So people say that they believe the message of the hour and never even preach it in their church. I'm sorry, they're lying. If you believe the message of the hour, you will preach the message of the hour. You won't be identified hanging around the fringes. Oh, I know we've had them come and go for years and years and years. And they don't want to be identified, you know, with all that sort of thing. It's perfectly fine, but it ain't going to work with me. I'm going to believe the message. I'm going to preach the message. I'm going to talk the message. And I've seen the message work. Hmm. Notice this. Sixth sense denies Listen, what it'll do. It denies all. All symptoms. All symptoms. Anything contrary to God's word. Any feeling. Emotion. Somebody said, oh, well, I was prayed for, but I, I just don't feel any better. The sixth sense would never stand still for that. The sixth sense would say, it's a lie. I feel better. How are you? I feel better. Glory to God. 
I feel better. You say, really? I say, yeah, you ought to see me yesterday. I was really bad yesterday. Now, y'all just sitting there looking at me like I'm from Mars. I'm not from Mars. I'm from heaven. I want to go back to heaven. Do any of you all want to go back with me? So the super sense will say, that is a lie. That pain running in my body, it's a lying devil. Oh, sixth sense and never stand still for that. The sixth sense would say it's a lie. I feel better. And you see some of you who don't understand faith, you say a person who says that is lying. You got it totally backwards. Well, Brother Donnie, they're going to the doctor. They've got pain. The scan showed this. The scan showed that. And you call that truth. And you say, poor old thing. Oh, I'm, I'm part of their family. I hope they don't embarrass me. Oh, goodness, oh, goodness. I hope they're telling everybody they're going to get healed. I hope they don't, nobody don't find that out at work. But that's my daddy. That's my grandpa. I hope they don't find it out. Mm, you yellow back Christian, you. But then when they get healed and go to testifying about it, then you will say, glory to God. Hallelujah. I knew it would happen. Why don't you quit lying? Look, friends, if this is not going to be a message, church, I'm leaving. Okay? Let me just give you a heads up. If the message ain't welcome here, neither am I. So either one or two things. You all get out or I do. Or we all get in and go up. That's my choice. Oh my. Notice he said six cents would say, it's a lie. I'll feel better. I'm getting well. God said, so you say they're lying. They are not. They're repeating God's word. God said so. That settles it. The six cents only feeds on the word of God. Now notice, Brother Ben, talking about the tree that the Lord Jesus cursed when he was here. What did happen? The tree had been cursed. The faith of God, listen to this, placed against that tree's life. There was nothing physical you could see, but way down beneath the earth, down in the roots of that tree, it's when Jesus said, cursed be you. May no man take fruit from you. May you not live. Jesus was doing that for the tree, of course, because it was reflecting Israel. But he was also doing it for a type and a shadow of cancer or any other disease from the fourth dimension. Notice this. Death was setting in. It had been cursed. The sixth sense had come against it. It had to die. It started dying from the roots It's the same thing taking place with the cancer. It's the same thing takes place with a tumor. The same thing takes place with any disease when the sixth sense of power of the Lord God raises up against it and said, Satan, come out of there. You might not see no physical condition happen right away, but their faith holds just the same. It's been cursed. 
That super sense won't let it go. It won't pay no attention to how you feel, how you look, how you act. It won't have one thing to do with it. God's word's been applied. The sixth sense takes a hold of it. That's all. She goes to work. The cancer begins to dwindle away. It dies from the roots and it's gone. And somebody said... Let me share a few testimonies with you. Super sense. Up here at Cato Tabernacle, when we had the meeting, that crippled boy that came in there and was prayed for, many of you was there to see him. They brought him back in that emergency room. Billy led me to him, and they had him on the platform three or four nights in the building. He didn't get a prayer card, so they put him in the emergency room, and I went in there and prayed for him. Looked at him and said, Mr. Branham, can you tell me some consolation? I said, yes, sir, son. Polio got you this way. He said, that's right. Your name is such and such. You come from a certain place. That's right. He said, what about my healing? I said, now listen, by his stripes, you were healed. Aren't you notice? He tells him his name, tells him where he come from. But when it come to the promise of his healing, notice where he went back to, right to the scripture. By his stripes, you were healed. He went home testifying, giving God praise. He brought such a reproach, they claim, in the neighborhood until one Sunday a group of ministers come in and sat down by him and said, you must stop doing that. You're bringing a reproach on the call. Now, boy, you talking about knocking the, knocking the wind out of your sails. A bunch of preachers. Can you imagine now if that happened here in our church, me and Brother Benton and Brother Brown, Brother Darrell, Brother Joel, all the rest of these brothers here, and we'd gather again. Now, look, sister, you're, you're bringing a reproach on our church here. You're going around testifying that God's healed you, and we all know the doctors have given you up. We all know that there ain't no hope for you. Now, sister, don't you think you're gonna bring some reproach on Brother Donnie? Don't you think that the deacons and everybody else, that you're really gonna weigh heavy and say, well, Lord, have mercy, it's, a, it's bad when the devil discourages you, but when saints of God discourage you, that's really bad. Or family members, I mean, knows that's the truth. Now, notice he said, the young man sitting there, he said, mister, If you were sitting where I am and you were in the chair that I'm sitting in, you wouldn't try to rob me of the last hope I got in Christ. And said, by his stripes, I am healed. He no more than said that sitting there, paralyzed feet, hands, body, and back. No more than he said it, out of the chair he went glorifying God. (laughs) His natural senses said he'll sit there. The doctor said he'll be there forever as long as he lives. But the sixth sense said, by his stripes I am healed. And he wouldn't have nothing to do. It's casting away everything contrary to what God said. 
One day standing back here on top of the hillside at George Wright's, the Holy Spirit said to me, rise to your feet. And I looked and there was a light shining onto a dogwood tree and said, go by the way of Wright's or go by the way of Carter's. And when I got there, the Lord Jesus had showed her a mother a sign that I was coming. That's talking about little Georgie Carter. Walked into that little girl laying on that bed so weak, she couldn't even raise her spit and cup. Her mother would hold it. You ought to hear Brother Branham as he impersonates Georgie. As she was trying to spit on that little sputum cup with the TB. And I said, Sister Georgie, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, met me in the wilderness about a half hour ago and told me to come and lay hands on you. Thou saith the Lord, stand on your feet. It had been nine years, nine years since she'd been out of the house. Didn't hardly weigh nothing. Her limbs, he said her legs wasn't much bigger than a broomstick. Hallelujah. The sixth sense went to work. A power struck that girl for the first time in three years or nine years and eight months She'd been on her feet. The first time in nine years and eight months she'd been on her feet. Glory to God. She jumped to her feet, right out into the yard, blessing the trees and the grass and everything. Oh, glory. Hallelujah. Went in and sat down at the piano and begin to play, there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. Why? Reasonings would have cast down, said she couldn't do it. I don't know how, I don't know. Only the power of God held her up. Her legs wasn't that big around. Up here at the joints, look like broomsticks. That's been some 12 years or 14 years today, strong and healthy, going on for the Lord Jesus. What was it the first time there? Was it nothing seemed to happen? But reasoning would have said it couldn't happen. But brother, she held on to God's word. Hallelujah, the sixth sense. Hallelujah. By this same forceful sixth sense, kingdoms have crumbled lapped one wall against another. By the sixth sense, the Red Sea pushed back and dry ground was made for children of God to escape. By the same sixth sense, Samson defiled a thousand Philistines. What about you tonight? Are you going by sight? You going by feeling? You going, well, I didn't feel nothing. Well, I, I, I've been going to church now for several services and I ain't felt nothing. I don't know if it's for me or not. You're listening to the lie of the devil. Oh my. Notice this, by the sixth sense, the dead's been raised. By the sixth sense, mighty miracles has been performed. It's the most powerful force that ever hit the earth. The most powerful force that's ever hit the earth. It's that super sense called the sixth sense. Had nothing to do with this down here. If this down here declares it and says amen to it, all right, you're moving on. But regardless of what this does, believe that. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The sixth sense. The sixth sense. How many wants it? How many believes you've tasted of it by the grace of God? How many believes we need more of it in our lives? Hallelujah, hallelujah. A prophet was thrown into a lion's den and because of that sixth sense, the lions couldn't eat Daniel. They couldn't get near him because the sixth sense, by that same sixth sense, three Hebrew children were thrown into a fiery furnace. They defied the flames of the furnace. All reasons would prove they'd be burnt to death before they got to it. But the sixth sense stayed him in there two or three hours. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. And when they opened the furnace, they seen one standing there among them like the Son of God. That's the sixth sense. It was the sixth sense that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. The sixth sense raised Jesus Christ from the dead. After he laid in the ground because he believed the word of God. Said, destroy this body in three days, I'll raise it up. Jump on down a little bit, the next paragraph. By this same sense, God spoke and there was nothing. What is that sense? That super sense is God. The faith of God in you. The part of God that comes into you and gives you the super sense. Now what's absolutely amazing is when he preaches this at the tabernacle, the service before, he preaches the super sign. And then he comes and preaches a super sense. We're living in a day of super, super, super. But I wonder how many of us, how many people of the earth want this super? I do. Brothers, let's jump over there a little bit. We'll go to faith as the sixth sense in Chautauqua, paragraph 42. By that same sixth sense was working in little Martha when she came to see Jesus raise her brother out of the grave. After being dead for four days, that same sixth sense cleaned the leper. That same sixth sense raised up Jesus Christ on the third day. That same sixth sense will rapture the church. We'll rapture the church one of these days and take it out of here to glory. Is it important? Is it important? This is what will take us out of here. Every time we see a divine healing, every time we see a miracle, you know what it is? It's a little foretaste of the change of the body. So a person comes up with an affliction, a sickness in the body, and the Spirit of God will change and move it out. What was it? A foretaste of the body change. I mentioned it to you, I guess, last time I preached about John Ryan. Brother Bam tells his story here whenever he talks about this in the super sense. John Ryan was a Catholic. He was a beggar, begged on the streets. And he'd come up. Somebody told him, why don't you go up at that meeting? So he had some people to bring him up. So he come up there and the prophet told him, he said, your name is John Ryan. He said, that's right. He said, you're a Catholic. That's right. So he said, you've been blind. You're a beggar on the street. He said, that's right. So he said, what about my healing? He said, by stripes you're healed. He said, all right, praise the Lord. So he walked off the platform, nothing happened to him. He went back in the back and he started hollering, hey, hey preacher. 
So he tried to get back up there. The brother Ram said, hey, you can't do that. I said, yes, I'm going back up that preacher. He prayed for me and I ain't healed. So brother Ram said, bring him on. So they bring him up and he said, hey, you told me I was healed. And he said, yes, and you told me you believe me. <laughs> well, he said, I do. But you told me I was healed. I can't see. He said, that has not one thing to do with it. So he tells him he's healed and the man just emphatically tells him, I can't see, he said, that has nothing to do with you being healed. They see how confusing it can be to the carnal mind because people, what the symptoms are still there. Everything is there. As a matter of fact, it's getting worse. That has nothing to do with it if you have the sixth sense. Well, I don't understand. Well, he said, look, by his stripes you're already healed. You take him at his word. He said, look, sir, I'm a Catholic. And he said, I'm taught to believe the word of my priest. So he said, what shall I do? He said, you go off this platform praising God. So he sold newspapers, you know the story. So he gets out there, extra, extra, read all about it. I'm healed, I'm healed, extra, extra. You think God ain't got a sense of humor? One day a little boy led John Ryan to the barber shop to get a shave and a haircut in two bits. God's got such a sense of humor, but you know, a barber shop, I've been to barber shops a lot of them in my life. Some of the worst memories of my life, and some of them, dear God, <laughs> you know. But when you imagine a barber shop, and I brother Skip, I've been down to your barber shop a lot of times, and you're them old guys in there, and they're talking about politics. I mean, they're talking about the price of gas. They're mattering hornets about who's in the White House. I'll tell you one thing if we had so and so in there. So a, a barber shop would have been a real place of conversation. So the Lord said, I'll tell you what I want to do. I want to work this out so if I heal him at the barber shop by noon, it'll be around the whole town. Because them men are going down. Now, folks, I know, I know, I know. I know that we like to say that the women's awful bad to gossip. But I'll tell you one thing. Some of the worst gossipers I ever met in my life's been men. And some of them's preachers. So God said, go on in there, John. Well, the little young guy in there, the prophet said, got and said, hey, I heard you went up that holy roller meeting up there. I said, yes, sir, sure did. Said, I heard you got prayed for. I said, yes, sir, glory to God, I did. Said, I'm healed. He said, well, I heard that you were saying that. I said, yeah, glory to God, by stripes, I'm healed. And wouldn't you know it, the Lord God opened his eyes sitting right there in the barber chair. John Ryan got up and run out. The barber went after him. Others went after him going down through there. Extra, extra. Read all about it. My eyes come open. My eyes come open. Now, friend, if God could do that for a Catholic, what about us? The sixth sense. The devil was lying to me yesterday about some stuff. And I said, so, let's ask you something, devil. I want to know when you started working for God. Because you're acting like that God is using you to tell me all these things. The best I remember you and God is on different sides. Amen. So I say, you just get out of here and leave me alone. 
because I'm a son of God. And if God's got something for me, he'll tell me. Little did I know, and about 30 minutes after that time, I heard his voice say, is there anything too hard for the Lord? I ask you tonight, Brother Jim, is there anything too hard for the Lord? What about it, Brother Keith? What about it, Sister Janet? What about brothers and sisters? What about some of you young people that's facing hard trials and tests of your life and saying, oh, Lord, have mercy. I've been going through something off thing of what? Don't get your eyes on how bad it is, but keep your eyes on your answer. Keep your eyes on your deliverance. Is there anything? If you got a problem tonight, brothers, Brother Johnson, are you facing anything that's too hard for the Lord? Will we ever face anything that'll be too hard for God? If you go by the way of the grave, your body, your bones, your skin, your eyes, your tissue will turn back to acids and gases and there won't be one spoonful of you left. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? That God cannot give you a brand new body. Well, if God can do that to a body that don't even exist, cannot God go into a body that has migraines or God go into a body that has a tumor or a growth or TB or whatever it is and be able to heal that body? Or a person that's just bearing something that's invisible. It's just a heavy oppression on their mind and they're under this thing and they just seem like they can't break through. Is that too hard for our God? How many believes him tonight? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. He touched me. Sing it together. Now let's just think. I don't want you to think about how big your problems are and your troubles. I want you to think about how big your God is. Don't get your eyes on the storm, Peter. You'll fall. Keep your eyes on Jesus, not the storm. Now, maybe some of you have heard it, but the doctor came in today and told Erica her MRI report. And it wasn't a good report. Her belly's all swollen because of the lesions in her liver. And the MRI also showed they found something another spot that wasn't previously there. But if we look at faith, faith will say, by his stripes, I'm healed. A spot now in the pancreas. But it all depends on where we're looking. Did we want to hear that? Nope, we sure didn't. But faith will look at it and say, but won't it make it a bigger miracle? Won't it make it a bigger miracle than it was before? It was already a big miracle. But won't this make it even bigger? Answer me. Well, now that it's, if it truly is in the pancreas, oh, Brother Donnie, it, it, it's too far gone, then it's, it's too far. Don't you even come talk to me. I don't want to hear that. I said, I don't want to hear it. I want to hear you tell me we're joining with you in prayer. And that don't change nothing. God's still a healer. 
Is our God bigger than cancer? Is our God bigger than your problems tonight? Your issues, all you're dealing with, your broken heart, your sadness, your oppression. Friends, if he's not, we might as well quit serving him tonight. We might as well just leave our Bibles here, leave our message books here, and just go out, eat, drink, and be merry. But if he's bigger than everything out there, we owe him our all. Oh my, don't you love him? Don't you love him with all of your heart? How many wants that sixth sense working in you like never before? Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Let's sing it together, hey? Now, whatever your need is tonight, I want you to believe right now. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. His anointing is here. His presence is here. So he's here to heal and deliver and set free. Not only just in this visible building, in this visible audience. Hallelujah. Now, will God hit you the way he did Georgia Carter? I don't know. God may drop right down here tonight and heal you. God may choose to drop right down tonight in Erica's bedroom, her and Lance streaming the service, and whenever we go home, them both shouting and jumping and speaking in tongues and hollering, or he may not. Either way, he chooses to do it. I really don't care as long as he does it. The thing we want to judge it by is not our senses. Let our super sense bring our other senses. But you didn't feel anything. Brother Donnie prayed for you and nothing happened. Brother Darrell and the other brothers, they come and prayed for it. You didn't feel one bit different. As a matter of fact, you got worse the next day. That's the best sign you're healed because Satan is now scared. Let's let the super sense speak to us. Don't you understand? It cannot lie. It's perfect. Sing it for us, Harry. Let's worship him together. Let's just see what he'll do among us tonight. I was shackled by a heavy burden. Everybody with me now. Beneath the Lord of guilt and And now I am no longer. Everybody now with all your heart. Oh, hallelujah. For he touched me. Thank you, Lord God. Oh, sing it to him, children. Oh, yes, he did. And oh. Oh, since 
Somebody would help me love him. Oh, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Lord God Almighty, we worship your name. We bless you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Let me tell you how determined. God is to heal. When Georgie Wright was going to be healed, her mother and father and Georgie went to a denominational church there that taught God didn't heal no more. Georgie wanted Brother Brandon to come and pray for her. She read the little book, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and forever. Whenever Brother Brandon came, her mother and father wouldn't even, wasn't even in the house. They wouldn't even come to the house for Brother Brandon to see him there. Oh, glory. He prayed for and nothing happened. A few days, he said, Brother Wright told him, he said, now, Mama, whenever she fixes supper, she'll be ringing the dinner bell. So Brother Brandon was down to pray. He said he went down to pray. He said he got to praying, and the bushes started sticking him, the briars sticking him, and he said mosquitoes is flying around him. And he said he just kept on praying. And he said then a little bit he heard a lamb. Yeah. <laughs> 
My. But that little lamb was saying, Milltown. 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 So he went back to his church and said, Anybody know where Milltown is? That's on Wednesday night. Nobody knew. Said it again Sunday morning. George Rock said, I know where it's at. It's about 30 miles this way, do this, that, the other. He said, well, you take me there. I said, sure will. Hallelujah. Well, Brother Branham goes down there and said, George said, I got some bartering to do, Brother Branham. He said, well, I'll just stay here for a bit. Said, he looked over and saw a church, old rundown. Went over and said, Lord, is this what you want me to do? Went over and pulled on the door. The door was locked. He said, Lord, if you want me in this church, open this door. And the man come up and said, you want in the church? He said, yeah. I said, I got the key. He said, I'd sure like to hold some meetings in there. He said, well, go down there and talk to the city and talk to them. So they let him come. Had meeting after meeting after meeting. Georgia Carter couldn't come. She heard he's fixing to leave. Oh, glory. So he was out there praying in that dogwood bush. And he said, he heard the dinner bell ringing, but he was in the vision and he couldn't come out. Glory to God. Georgia Carter's mama was back at home saying, God, that imposter. George's mother called Brother Branham an imposter. That imposter's deceiving my poor girl. God run that man out of this country. But God was determined to heal Georgie Carter. And the prophet said this about Sister Georgie. She was ordained to be a child of God. Hallelujah. God stepped right over the top of her mother's unbelief and right over the top of her daddy's unbelief because Georgie believed. Praise be to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, glory. Georgie got a hold of that fifth, that sixth sense. Aren't you glad tonight? I believe there's people right here in this building that's got a hold to the same thing. The same things happen to us. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God bless you, saints. Ain't it wonderful to be a child of God? Well, let's sing it this way before we go. Victory is mine. Praise God. Let's sing this before we go. Victory is mine. Oh, victory is mine. Victory today is mine. Well, I told Satan,
time to 